and welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I am proud today to introduce you guys to our latest segment of the show. It's been a long time coming. We've had some anime fans in the wings here at Comic Book Nation and a lot more here at comicbook.com. So we had to pull together our crack anime team and launch a whole new segment focused on the genre. So welcome to Anime Initiative with your host, Megan Peters, and our crack anime team that you've seen before on Comic Book Nation, Mr. Evan Peters and Mr. Nick Valdez. Welcome to the family, guys. Hey, glad to be here. All right. So... Uh, if you guys are just coming on here to check out our anime segment, we are Comic Book Nation, and we are an entire nation of shows. We do a regular all things geek culture show every Friday live on these same channels. We also have our gaming segment, Quick Save, our comic book segment, the pull list. We're doing show recaps. So be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. We're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Media, and subscribe to the Comic Book Nation YouTube page for more bonus material. All right, guys, that's my whole opening spiel, and uh, I've done my intro. So you guys are here because we waited until this week to launch Anime Initiative because, did it, what did I say? Did I call you Evan? Evan, did I call you Evan Peters? Is I was that just really going to let happened? it slide. <laughs> my God. Okay, I didn't even realize that. Thank you for the line. Yeah, thank you for the No, our live commenter, like, if you're not watching this show live, our live commenters really, like, really – are they keep us on they keep us in check over here we have a dedicated fandom and as you can see they have no fear i can't believe with the proximity to the the one time a year i should have gotten your name right 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 so, right really yeah evan valentine is here <laughs> uh, evan peters i can't believe I, I did that no no uh i can't say your name but yay four tweezy thank you hey cunning four tweezy we we love you so thank you for keeping me on point. um yeah all right so now you guys are officially part of the team you see how it goes around here and uh this week we had to launch anime initiative because it is the next big live action tv show adaptation launch of a not even beloved but like revered anime series avatar the last airbender the netflix live action series is debuting this week the whole world kind of sits on this for a lot of people so we will be doing a kind of uh, last airbender spoilers breakdown but we're gonna wait until everybody's had a chance it's coming out on netflix thursday i believe so we're gonna let everybody kind of take the weekend absorb it take a walk stare into a pool of a pond at your own reflection and then we're gonna talk about it next week but this week, to get you guys ready or to give you something to uh, kind of pop off on after you've seen Airbender or before, this team has compiled the top anime you guys should be watching on Netflix. If you guys don't know, anime, I mean, these streaming platforms are trying to scoop up anime like hotcakes. They're throwing it in my face every time I go on Hulu or Max or Netflix or anything. And it's only getting bigger because now apparently, like, we're getting restaurants in on the app. It's getting nuts out here, so... To help you guys jump in and just get a good guideline, Megan and her team have prepared the top anime on Netflix, which I'm kind of sitting back for this segment because I really do need to know because there was like literally so much being thrown at me every day that I never know which one to press play on. So, guys, uh, can you can you just tell me and maybe everybody else what should we be watching? Yeah, I mean the the thing with Netflix is it has really become kind of like 
aside from Crunchyroll, the forefront of like the anime Wild West for streaming, essentially. You can find so many shows and Netflix has the money, the reputation, the capital to buy up all these licenses. Uh, so my team, we've put together a nice little list, a good little smorgasbord, a sampling of shows that you might want to try to watch. Uh, and the first that I have to plug is actually one of the newest hits uh, for Netflix and anime. And that is Delicious in Dungeon which might sound kind of weird as a name, but it kind of blends like the best of like Gordon Ramsay, Martha Stewart with Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is like my favorite thing. Uh, we also get it weekly, which is a brand new kind of uh, release schedule for Netflix and anime. So we don't have to kind of wait months and months and months for a show to hit streaming. We can keep up with it weekly on Netflix from Japan, which is traditionally not something Netflix has done. Yeah. Uh, well, like, when you put it like that, like, I mean, that description just uh, that just uh, made me slightly more confused. But that sounds <laughs> wild of a concept. Yeah. So the, manga, the manga just became like a huge cult hit. You wouldn't think like Martha Stewart in Dungeons and Dragons would make sense. Uh, but we essentially get to follow this really great story with character Laos. And he and his adventurer party are basically going through dungeons with a crack team fighting weird monsters that you would traditionally see in a Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaign. And Leos is like, I wonder what kind of things I could cook out of this. Uh, so it's a really nice slice of life story, which is kind of, you know, more unique in terms of popularity for anime in America. We get a lot of big shonen excitement. Uh, so something like Delicious and Dungeon, especially knowing that it's animated by Studio Trigger, which is, you know, the the brainchild behind, you know, Kill a Kill and Gurren Logan. You know, it's 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 something that's really special. Uh, and it's keeping up the hype because of its weekly release schedule, which I think is really important. Yeah, uh, so a backhanded compliment with that, actually. So, uh, in terms of the season overall, Delicious in Dungeon, it's kind of taken a, it's on the back burner for me. So it's become more of a binge show, which is funny that this is one of those ones that's breaking the Netflix model of, you know, releasing them one at a time rather than all at once, because I find myself watching a bunch of episodes at once rather than seeking out to watch one a week, because it's not, it's not exactly like completely story driven. So me, I'm more interested in seeing something continue. Like uh, I find myself watching just something uh, completely different, like uh, like solo leveling, just completely randomly, not on Netflix. Sorry to say this out here, but it's <laughs> randomly what I'm watching more so than a show that is available at this time. So I don't know. It, I hope. I hope people like me don't just like detract from the weekly releases because that is a good thing. But it feels like a binge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think that um, with Delicious and Dungeon, the aesthetic is an amazing way to kind of push that show because it is more of kind of like it's kind of like sinking into a warm bath. I think that it's the way that it presents itself. It's not a world ending threat. Um, it's more about, uh, I think a good comparison is kind of the Studio Ghibli films, which are able to kind of focus on the food. It's uh, like a lot of it is like it creates this amazing animation that's able to focus on the food while telling its story that doesn't have the highest of stakes, you know, Delicious in Dungeon. They're trying to find um, the main guy's sister who has been who may or may not be eaten by a dragon at the moment. Um 
But I find myself, you know, kind of like Nick had said, it's it's good in kind of a way to binge it, but it's also good in kind of if you want a show that's a little more relaxing, that's a little more, you know, I think that Delicious in Dungeon is a perfect example of kind of the different um, the different storytelling that anime is kind of capable of, kind of like not so much. There's always going to be a place for things like Dragon Ball, My Hero Academia, One Piece with all of the amazing fights and the amazing animation pieces. And while this does have some amazing animation, it's kind of able to give you kind of a different feeling, you know, kind of a different vibe to it. And so that's, that's kind of why I like returning to it, you know, week after week. I'm not, I'm trying to kind of binge it, but I'm also like, I don't mind throwing on an episode when it arrives each week. Um, and when it comes down to releasing on a weekly schedule, uh, you guys know me personally, I'm a huge JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fan. And, um, the way that Stone Ocean was released. Oh, yeah. they, they ruined that show. In a number of Stone Ocean. <laughs> batches of episodes was just heartbreaking for me. So being able to return to this weekly schedule where you're able to kind of sit with each installment and percolate on it and talk about it with your friends. Um, really, it's just the best way for me to kind of it's it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, like uh, Sir Glean pointed out in the comments or asked the question, would you call it casual viewing? Which is, uh, yeah, I would I would qualify it as such because, For you sure. know, yeah, it's got like a great dub too, which is something yeah. that, you know, it's been that's of course been in contention for many anime fans over the years like oh dubs over subs, yada yada yada. We're in 2024, that's no longer a thing. English dub productions. Careful, are Nick. Careful. <laughs> careful. <laughs> no, no, that's no longer a thing. English dub productions are incredible these days. Like there is no like, and even when they change things, whatever, like that's not an argument to have anymore. Watch what version you want to watch. And yeah. Delicious in Dungeon offers all that great stuff so that it removes all these barriers of entry so that, yeah, you get these wild things, fantastical things, but it's, you know, it's, approachable yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah and that's something that netflix excels in with its anime licenses and originals like um like pluto pluto is the complete opposite of this right like pluto is uh, a, a fantastic project from a creator who has like some of the most revered manga entries of all time like monster um i forget uh 20th century like, boys is, yep. is, is is the big one <laughs> yes. yes there you go and like that show pluto like each episode is it's not a binge show so that's one where even if it released weekly it would have been too much because each of those episodes is so densely packed that like i kind of need a break <laughs> yeah well i mean that's an excellent segue you know yeah. uh we've talked a lot about delicious and dungeon our second pick is pluto <laughs> yeah. uh which is it's a little bit you know less of a mainstream series and a manga that you would have seen you know in america but it is a massive critical hit uh so as nick just said naoki um uh i think it's yeah Urusawa. Urusawa. yeah he just um worked really intensely with Netflix and Jinko Productions with Studio M2 to create Pluto, which if you're not familiar with Pluto, um, you might be familiar with Astro Boy, which Pluto is based on. So Pluto basically takes the world and the setting of Osama Tezuka's uh, uh, Astro Boy and basically reimagines it as kind of a really 
really dark, thrilling, suspenseful, like murder mystery series. And we're like exploring kind of the delineation between, you know, robotics and humans, life and death, you know, what it means to be a person. Uh, And like Nick said, Pluto is so dense. It is one of the best anime period I've seen in the last two to three years, let alone a Netflix anime. Uh, It is not only just beautifully animated, but the pacing and the storytelling and how it brings to life um, Urasawa's vision for Pluto. I mean, true. I can't think of a better Netflix anime, like in terms of quality and adaptation, like authenticity, like it's the perfect murder mystery thriller. Your your heart will be torn apart by watching an old man teaching a robot how to play the piano. It's oh yeah, gar- it's, gar- <laughs> it's guaranteed. <laughs> oh yeah, ten out of ten. You're just gonna you'll go between like being super super nervous and anxious the whole time about the like uh, you know the murder mystery plot, but then you get these such humanizing emotional moments um, between the main characters that oh, just makes you want to cry. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I, I think that um, and and kind of you both kind of nailed it when it came to the idea of Pluto, not necessarily Pluto is not really a binge show. That is more of a I like I mean, this isn't to necessarily say it's like this series, but I like to compare it to HBO's Chernobyl because that is a series that demands that you watch an episode once a week so that you can you can kind of take a seat back. You can kind of percolate on what you just watched um and with pluto specifically uh megan had kind of mentioned that it's based on astro boy which is one of the earliest like biggest uh, he was like anime's mascot he was Mm -hmm. the first anime mascot in a way um and what pluto kind of does is that it it takes a look at not just hey what if astro boy was like a murder mystery and it was very serious it dissects what it means to be human Mm -hmm. and it looks at um artificial intelligence and robots in general and takes all of these different really thoughtful perspectives and kind of combines them into this like heart-wrenching but also life-affirming story that is able to kind of resonate um and I think we were talking a little bit about this before uh, we went live was the idea of um, Urasawa's work is just able to be depicted so well with this anime studio that is able to kind of bring this to life while capturing, not just the, I mean, cause this does have some amazing like battles in it, mm-hmm. but it also has like amazing emotional scenes and like, um, you know, you look at the expressions of characters in general, um, and it just it just works so well. It's such it. I think all of us will kind of like cannot recommend it enough. I oh, think, yeah. and the the fact that it is also I can't remember. Maybe you guys might know if it's is it's ten episodes, right? It's been it's been a minute since I've seen it, but man, um, I'm gonna be honest. I watched it all at one time, so they all just worked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's eight episodes. That's what I oh, thought. It's eight. Usually, those it is, series orders are like eight episodes. It um, is the perfect. Okay. It's the perfect anime to recommend to folks who haven't been a lot into anime, um, who want to see a story that is like in you're in and you're out. 
Um, but it's a perfect example of what anime can be. I think like Netflix is doing really well with creating these series like Delicious in Dungeon and Pluto could not be more different when it comes to their stories, but mm -hmm. they both are able to show their pinnacle examples of like what anime can be uh, and how it's able to like differentiate itself when it comes to some of its stories and everything. So yeah. Also to commenter, Tony Ray's yes. Gundam Hathaway is great. Uh, <laughs> I can't, yeah. I can't, I'm looking forward to that second movie whenever it does come out. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we've talked a bunch about, you know, what Pluto and Delinches and Dungeon can do as kind of originals for Netflix. <laughs> It's time for us to segue to something that's not original to Netflix, but has finally come to the motherland of streaming. One Piece, the anime, is streaming weekly on Netflix now, which is a sentence that I never thought I'd be able to <laughs> vocalize in my lifetime. What? I know. <laughs> yeah. Brett, like, I, I can't even begin to describe how shocked I was. Uh, not only when Netflix began investing in One Piece, but after the success, the success of the live action adaptation, you know, to see that they were like, you know what we could do? We could simulcast One Piece. Uh, so not only do we have roughly, you know, 340, 350 dub episodes uh, from the first half of the anime available on Netflix to watch, uh, the, the site is now simulcasting episodes live with Japan. Uh, so it's doing essentially what what Crunchyroll has it has been doing for for a long time, and you know what Hulu and Funimation, rest in peace, adopted. Uh, so you know now that One Piece is on Netflix, it just really to me shows the amount of capital Netflix is willing to throw around when it comes to anime. Because One Piece is, I mean, it's it's One Piece. One Piece is One Piece. You <laughs> get bigger than One Piece when it comes to anime. Yeah, I like I tested out one of these episodes and it is the same broadcast. So mm -hmm. just for for anyone worried that, oh, like maybe it's a different broadcast than than whatever uh, another service will offer. But no, it's the same. And it really is Egghead. It really is like the newest episode. So I I only hope is, you know, someone jumping into One Piece for the first time, let's say they caught up to all of Netflix's offerings and then suddenly jumped into episode like 1090 something. <laughs> and it's like, well, the last thing I saw was like, I, I don't know, for example, just uh, it's well past the Alabasta art, but just oh, well, yeah. like, for example, like, oh, I, I just saw Luffy beating Crocodile and now Luffy's on a future island where he's suddenly like called a, another emperor and like, it's like, whoa, <laughs> Easy on the spoilers, everybody. But no, like Netflix is really like, hey, catch up now. Or <laughs> My favorite thing about this, and I've, I'm so curious, I'm just like waiting for that viral moment to happen, is when somebody starts watching One Piece on Netflix and they legitimately don't know the meme that One Piece takes decades to watch, that they don't understand there's thousands, there's like over a thousand episodes. So they think it's normal. And they're just like, wow, the art style changed out of nowhere. Like, where is all the characters I remember? There's new people in the crew. Like, I'm waiting for that to happen. Um, because it does, it just go from like episode like 350 something to all of a sudden, and boom, you're an egghead island. Like we're post Wano at this point, um, which for me now, I get to plug my intense desire to see One Piece 
fill the gap. <laughs> I want the rest <laughs> of the episodes to be on Netflix. There's something to be said, one, for the amount of investment that Netflix is putting into One Piece. We, I mean, that's obvious. I don't even have to say it looking at the live action adaptation. But Netflix has such a broad profile and accessibility for people that having One Piece be available in its entirety, um, I think will be a really special moment because I legitimately remember when I was like 10 years old and I was like on YouTube searching like part one, section B of like <laughs> one of the one piece like episodes where they're trying to introduce Brooke and I couldn't like I'm watching it in German just trying to see the animation because there was no place that offered it back when you know YouTube had only videos in like 144p uh, so the the fact that now we have such an array of places to watch One Piece and the fact that it's on Netflix cannot be understated as mm-hmm. as a milestone for the medium. Uh, because, you know, 10 years ago, this would not have happened. Yeah, it's um, and one thing that I find with a lot of newcomers to the Grand Line is um, a lot of people are intimidated by the fact that they're they're coming up on 1100 episodes. It's it's bonkers. But uh, Netflix taking this into account uh, on top of airing the current anime series and the live action adaptation is currently working with Wit Studio, who fans might know for their work on Attack on Titan, uh, Ranking of Kings, which obviously Nick's a big fan of, um, as well as uh, Spy Family, are currently working on a remake. We don't know when it's coming out, um, but they're working on The One Piece that will remake the original series from the manga um starting from the beginning and if folks want if they're if they're not just satisfied with jumping into the live action series or they don't want to work all their way up through the uh, close to 1100 episodes that option will be available in the future um and I'm I'm super excited it's it's surreal to see One Piece take over the world, but it's also very cool to see um, the Straw Hats just kind of become household names. I really get a kick. I'm sure Nick and Megan and Kofi, you guys do too, when you see stuff like Whoopi Goldberg on The View talking about the Straw Hats and how yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she has, she's fallen in love with this show and seeing all of these folks just be able to discover Ichiro Oda's work um, that there's a reason why it has gone on for decades. And um, I will, we'll see, they might be in the final saga in both the anime and the manga, but I'm anxious to see how many more years we can oh, yeah. take like 10 years. It's oh, going to yeah. take another 10 years. Everyone's going to end soon. And it's like, guys, you need to tell <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, how long if, was the Wano arc when all was said and done? couple Wano couple was, house? Water was four years. Yeah. Four, four, years. four years. And that's that's just the anime. So like the manga was probably a little bit le- like a little bit longer too when you consider breaks and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, like Oda says, hey, this is the final saga. And this is the first arc of the whatever the grand finale is. But that literally means like this first arc could take like two, three years. And then the final saga could be like 10 arcs for all we know. Oh, and yeah. It, it's going to pull on My Hero Academia. It's going to keep going. <laughs> I was about to see. I was about to say, like, if My Hero can keep a f- final war arc going for like four years, yeah. you know, oh, graduating yeah. college and being like, man, I'm out in life. And, they, you know, they still haven't taken all for one. Then, like, yeah, 
One Piece can stretch into like a half decade. You know? oh, oh, yeah. Easy. Oh, easy. 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 There's still, there's so many subplots that still have to be addressed that haven't oh, yeah. even like, yeah. what's. And there's still the big, the big tease of the Straw Hat Grand Fleet battle that's been teased since like the end of Dressrosa, which Oda's narration or the narrator of One Piece says it's the greatest, biggest battle of all time. That's a story for another day. And if you take like each battle and see how long each fight has been, now multiply that by literally a hundred as each yeah. of those characters will be involved mm-hmm. in the biggest battle One Piece. It, <laughs> that battle loads. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to yeah. catch up with One Piece, Netflix is a great place to start. Yeah, <laughs> watch, yeah. watch they're, Netflix. They're, they're catching up. Uh, watch One Piece on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and our final pick that we have, aside from personal recommendations, which will lightning round, uh, speaking of shows that we actually wish would continue, but will not be continuing, mm-hmm. is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Now, this show came out, you know, more than a year ago. It is a, another Studio Trigger adaptation, so if you see any anime that's made by Trigger Studios, watch it. Uh, but Cyberpunk Edge Runners is essentially kind of a, you know, reimagining kind of prequel spin-off of the Cyberpunk you know, video game, which came out notoriously. Uh, and this anime, when I tell you I got to watch the first episode early with Studio Trigger uh, in Los Angeles before it hit Netflix, I was, my jaw was dropped the entire time with the visuals, with the acting, with the narration, the pacing. Uh, it is truly anime of the year material. And it did win anime of the year at several outlets and at several you know organizations you know upon its release uh and in a lot of ways cyberpunk edge runners helped revitalize the fandom for the video game itself which you know has has come a long way since its release if you're familiar uh so it's just a show that they've confirmed is done they're not taking it any further this isn't going to be like a castlevania situation which you know netflix has the castlevania anime franchise Netflix has a bunch of anime video game adaptations, which are excellent. Uh, but in my opinion, I believe that if you can only watch one, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is what you should watch. I think that um, one of the things that Edge Runners, in a in a somewhat of a similar um, situation as uh, Pluto, is that Edge Runners is kind of a one and done story. It's a gritty, yeah, obviously cyberpunk like technologically advanced dystopia as you focus on, you know, the adventures of David and Lucy as they just try to survive while trying to figure out what it kind of means to survive in such a gritty environment where you're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to become a legend. Um, For me, when I reviewed uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners for the site, I, I agree with Megan. It it was my anime pick of the year because it just nailed its aesthetic. Studio Trigger like was on its A game here. Um, it's a gorgeous series to look at. It is able to really convey so much emotion in terms of um, David and the Mercs that he's working with. Um, I believe I had written an article about how episode six of this, like if I were to recommend you just watch one episode but i mean watch it all but if you were to watch one episode the sixth episode is just such a um uh such it just pulls on your heartstrings so much and the fact that um uh if you want to continue the story you have the opportunity (laughs) as megan kind of alluded to um 
it helped rejuvenate Cyberpunk 2077. There's there's like Edge Runners is there's a number of quests that you can do in the game that allude to what happened in Edge Runners. Um and it's it's just an amazing series. It's one of Netflix's best. And I would say that, yeah, it's definitely their best video game adaptation, which uh isn't said lightly because I love me some Castlevania. Yeah, thirded. You know, I'm gonna add, that's all I'm going to add to that. You, you both said it all pretty clearly. <laughs> so these are our main recommendations, uh, just in terms of overall content, overall animation, where they stand, you know, in the anime library that Netflix has. But of course, we all have personal recommendations. Uh, my personal recommendation will just kind of lightning round. We're not going to expand too hard. Uh, if you see the show, my Happy Marriage on Netflix. Watch it. I will say nothing else other than watch it. You will both laugh, cry, and wonder why this is the best kind of Cinderella story adaptation you've ever seen. I cannot stress enough how good it is and how unsuspecting and very welcomed it's kind of sci-fi twist premise is towards the end of the series. And I need more. I needed more yesterday and I <laughs> would like to watch season two immediately, but it's not available. So everybody else needs to go watch my happy marriage so I can talk to you about it. <laughs> what do you got, Evan? Um, so I, I'm always excited to talk about this one. My personal recommendation on Netflix is a little show called Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga is <laughs> the <laughs> Vinland Saga is not your typical anime. It focuses on uh, Vikings and it kind of works on events that happen in the real world, but obviously with an anime aesthetic. Um its first season is completely different from its second season, uh, which folks will. I'm anxious to hear what folks think about that. Um, for me, uh, the second season could not exist without its first in terms of what it's able to set up for its protagonist, Thorfinn. Um, it is an emotional roller coaster that talk that talks about what it means to be human. Uh, that looks at the devastating effects of war and what it means to be a soldier and whether or not it is possible to move past the sins that you have that you have committed in a past life to move forward to a future that is not a given in a world where committing heinous deeds is rewarded more often than not um it's amazing cannot recommend it enough Please watch Vinland Saga. So we could get that much like Megan with my happy marriage. I am dying to see this further adapted into a third season. Please watch it. Let your voices be heard to Netflix. Amazing. Cannot recommend it. No. Now, Nick, I have, I think I know what you're going to say, but what is your suggestion? Oh, well, okay. So this one's tough because there's a difference between Netflix licensed shows and Netflix uh, produce shows. And oh, then yeah. when you get to the Netflix productions, there are even more debates about, you know, what is considered an anime. If they call it an anime, it's an anime. Who cares? But it, there is, there is, there are people who do care. There are people who say, oh, you know, like Blood of Zeus, they call it an anime, but they'll, they'll say, oh, it's Powerhouse Animation Studios. It's not anime, but it is. Blood of Zeus is it, a great one. It is. You know, yeah. you've got like Skull Island, Powerhouse once again. You've got uh, Masters of the Universe, Revelation, and Revolution. 
Once again, great stuff. But the stuff, the the show that is distinctly anime that I don't want to hear no arguments about is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Watch that show. The only thing is that you have to at least have some knowledge of the Scott Pilgrim versus the World movie or the comics because then the show hits better on its own. It might not, but it's also kind of the best Netflix produced anime that they've done in a long time in terms of like their stuff like in terms of like what they're putting money into and and influences from the western world in terms like in stories and stuff like that so it's just scott pilgrim takes off great example of netflix anime like actual anime instead of the ones like that i do have to defend like blue eye Mm. samurai which was another one which i would have picked here but then they're they i think they call it an animated series but it's an anime it's an anime oh yeah yeah. blue eye samurai for sure (laughs) another amazing series wait i just i would just this is a good point because i was just marking that down late on the list i was like oh i want to make sure now I'm reading the Tudum website where they have, is Blue Samurai an anime? No, it is decidedly yep. not anime. Yeah. yeah, you get two of these off screen, but like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, uh, I mean, that was going to be my pick to mention. Um, I, I just have two picks because, you know, obviously I've been quiet listening to these guys. They're the experts. I'm a basic boy. So I just, I've been in anime for many years, but like, I just try to keep it surface level so I can help people get into it because, that's what they tell me my job here is comic book nation. So my two picks were Demon Slayer and Blue Eye Samurai, two of the most popular and renowned and and I'm saying anime of today. And the <laughs> ones that I would sit down and be like to my friends who have been skeptical yes. about anime for all those years to be like, OK, I got two for you. Check them out. And I think there's hope in, in both of these for you. You know, just if you want like the pure fun of Shonen with some of the most beautiful vis- visuals around Demon Slayer, because I don't have my crunch- Crunchyroll account. Holler at me, Crunchyroll. So when these seasons <laughs> come out on Netflix, that's a big deal for me and a lot of other people. It's constantly spiking up there because people love this series. Like, I think right behind, like, Attack on Titan for, like, mainstream people being able to get in and be like, oh, okay, I, I-, I dig this. And Blue-Eyed Samurai, I-, I don't know why they don't lean into the anime. I think they're just pushing adult animation I guess, but uh, whatever you call it, it was a stunning achievement and just one of the best, I would say anime, I would say samurai, you know, feudal Japan ninja stories until Shogun in a couple of weeks, but like, you know, before that, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just one of the best I've ever seen and definitely one of the best character story arcs I- I've I've seen in recent memory. Um, and yeah, the actress uh, who who voices her is also killing it because she did Mr. Uh, Maya Erskine, who just did uh, also uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So a lot going on there. And Blue Eye Samurai is, is not to miss if you're just trying to hop into something. Yeah, that's that's the show you you show to someone who's like, oh, I don't know about animation. I don't know. But you're like, hey, you want a cool story with characters that kind of move like like real people that kind of have that choreography of like live action. That's Blue Eyes Samurai. Mm-hmm. The the storytelling in and of itself is yeah. just amazing. The way it's displayed. episode five. Yeah, yeah episode yeah. five. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Pleasure House. Oh, molding God. molding the fights with a Kabuki performance that's happening at the same time, and just telling all of these different stories and taking risks with like how to present this animation is just like. 
cannot recommend Blue Eye Samurai enough. Yeah, it's and got Metallica in Japanese. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I heard that, and then they were like, "This isn't an anime." I was like, "False! You put in Japanese dub. You are incorrect, Netflix." So uh, yeah, I'll fight them on that one. <laughs> All right, uh, but that's it. That's it for my recommendation. Uh, I think uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the anime team is going to show you guys what they really get the big bucks for around here, which is breaking all this down for you and talking about what Netflix is doing with anime, and are we headed in the right direction? Questions to ask before we get to The Last Airbender. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Anime Initiative, the anime-focused segment of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. If you missed our first segment, we were just breaking down the top anime on Netflix that you should be watching right now. Now it's time to get a little bit more critical as Megan Peters, Evan Valentine, and Nick Valdez kind of break down for us what is Netflix's whole kind of strategy and obsession with anime and you guys think we're headed in the right direction with things like these One Piece and Last Airbender live action adaptations. Yeah. So with Netflix, I mean, you know, we've said a lot about kind of the fundamental strategy that Netflix is taking, the good, the bad, the things that could be better. You know, we we mentioned a lot of that in the first segment, which we'll kind of do a rundown very quickly of. Um, but as an overview, I think competition breeds better results for the anime industry. You know, back in the day, we had really Funimation as one of the primary people putting out anime content. You know, then we bring in Crunchyroll. You know, those two companies have now kind of come together into one major conglomerate. But now we're getting other streaming services. Netflix is arguably the biggest competitor to what Crunchyroll offers in terms of anime. Uh, it has the budget. It has the capital. It has the accessibility. It Everyone, I mean, everyone knows Netflix. My great-grandmother knows Netflix, and she's like 90-something, which, like, she's very hip for her age, as she would argue, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, there. There's a lot of good that could be found in bringing anime to a bigger scope, but I think there are still some kinks that could be worked out. What do you think, Evan? Um, well, as mentioned, <laughs> as mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, Obviously, there's things that uh, could be improved upon, but I think that Netflix kind of got the message when it comes to things like Delicious and Dungeon and One Piece, where they're recognizing that, hey, we should probably be doing this on more of a weekly schedule versus just dumping all of these episodes out at once. I think that with allowing fans to kind of sit and percolate on what they just saw Rest in peace, Jolene from Stone Ocean. You'll never yeah, be forgotten. Stone Ocean did so <laughs> dirty. If, if you're not familiar with this, essentially, let's take you back a little bit. We're going to do a very short, truncated history. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, one of the best anime series that's out there. Uh, Hirohiko Hiroki uh, created this decades ago. It's got multiple parts to it. Netflix got the exclusive license for uh, the installment of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. And it died on the vine because it just was released in batches so many weeks and months after it aired in Japan. There was no longer the social media discourse that made the series so lively online. Mm -hmm. And sadly, a lot of people don't even know Stone Ocean happened. Uh, and one of the, the major complaints is that Netflix didn't do 
weekly releases for that show. That was a very, very important and integral part to releasing the anime. And for a lot of animes, that's the case. I mean, look at Jujutsu Kaisen season two that happened. That didn't air on Netflix, but it had a weekly release and it was trending like nobody's business on social media. You know, a lot of anime especially outside of Japan, lives and dies based on its social media footprint. And that is, I think, the place where Netflix struggles the most. They have the budget to pay people uh, and animators and creators to make really good thought-provoking productions like we've seen with Pluto. And a lot of animators have talked about that. You know, when they're working on productions with a Netflix budget in Japan, they get more time and scheduling. They get better visibility because it's on Netflix, uh, you know, to make products that look and feel good i mean you can look as far back as devil man cry baby for an example Mm -hmm. the bad comes in the fact that netflix hasn't quite tuned in to the anime fandom's needs especially when it comes to release scheduling uh because we can look at the seven deadly sins who i mean do you even know that that show is still going on (laughs) like it's still happening it's just released so long after it's released in japan that like it's dead in the water rest in peace i mean is that all netflix's fault though for i mean is a bad example yeah (laughs) all right let's use the pokemon anime how about that i'm circling around you guys let's use the pokemon (laughs) because it's the same kind of delay situation it's doing great pokemon horizons and pokemon journeys they had excellent ratings in japan and it still does well in Netflix, but we get it like six months after the fact. It's 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 crazy. There's actually so I found another anime, much like Pokemon, that's kind of in the same way as that. And this isn't really a Netflix problem, but this is uh, just the fact that it, if if you've been following Pokemon, you know that like how how on earth can you even watch all of the anime? You have to jump from one streaming service to another to another and then some episodes just aren't there and there's one of the biggest anime franchises in japan which just hasn't seen that level of um uh folks getting into it is case closed aka detective Mm -hmm. conan which is like how on earth are you supposed to see that's also something that's like over a thousand episodes and there you just can't find these episodes anywhere so any chance of you being able to create this following in North America is just out the window. And this isn't necessarily a knock against Netflix. It is and it isn't because there are so many streaming services that just, you know, they get a batch of episodes and they think, well, good enough. And they don't necessarily put in as much effort as they could when it comes to giving anime fans the option to kind of walk through this story and see all of it. You know, you want to follow Ash Ketchum for his thousand plus episodes, you know, as much as you can, but it just makes it so difficult with like the streaming wars and folks not necessarily taking all of these episodes. So yeah, I mean, it's something that they can hopefully work on in the future. Yeah. uh, But Outside of that, though, in Netflix's defense, here I am defending the streaming service that absolutely doesn't <laughs> do it, need do it. it. Do it, Nick. Yeah, but, <laughs> do it. But, but in Netflix's defense, when it does, when it did those batch releases, you know, it's a shame that fans like us had to wait, you know, who are here. We have to cover these things for our jobs. So it's like, oh, if we can't see it when it comes out, oh, no. <laughs> but like um, for fans who like the English dub releases, for example, going back to that. 
one of the benefits of those binge releases months later is that it also came complete with a dub and multiple language dubs a lot of the times. And it was a shame, but for someone who's just on Netflix, watching stuff on Netflix, watches the next thing that pops up when it recommends something, that's not a bad deal for them because it jumps mm-hmm. them into a show that's been completely dubbed, you know, compared to a show like Vinland Saga, like Evan mentioned earlier, Vinland Saga had like when season two was running, then the dub, the simul dub release is great. Great that the speed of those things is still the way it is, but it still is one or two episodes behind. So if you wanted to keep up with everything anyway, you would reach a certain episode during its weekly run and then reach a, a Japanese episode, which is, you know, you're like, oh, but I've already fallen in love with the English version of this cast. Like this is mm-hmm. the cast. These are the characters I like. So the benefit of that holding off and releasing in one chunk is that it's all complete and it's there compared right. to someone who does like that's the only fallout is if you are someone who likes to keep up with it weekly and who likes to be a part of the conversation and who absolutely needs to see it when it hits you netflix has those offerings for you with delicious and dungeon They're, they've improved on that mm-hmm. but for for those who take their time with them who who watch De- like like kofi mentioned who watch demon slayer one in batches when the season hits it's a complete experience compared to let me watch the one or two episodes that are, that are out and then I'll forget and watch it next year anyway. Cause unfortunately that's also the biggest flaw with seasonal stuff. You know, if you, yeah. if you don't watch it that season, you don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're, you, we've kind of nailed some of the really good pros and cons to what Netflix offers as a service. I think one good way to kind of encapsulate the, the kind of dilemma you face, you know, as choosing Netflix as a priority service to watch anime is that it is really meant for the most broad audience possible. You look at a service like Funimation or Crunchyroll, you look at High Dive, you look at these other anime-centric services, they are catering to anime fans that are used to watching things on a schedule. They're releasing them the same day within the same hour as they go live in Japan. They are doing simul dubs as quickly as possible. And that that's that's their bread and butter. That's their audience. That's their demographic. Netflix is trying to reach as many people as possible with a wide net as it can. And then the question comes down to, is it cost beneficial for them to be able to replicate what Crunchyroll does, you know, s- like systemically with releasing shows as a simulcast and doing dubs later, you know, versus doing the batch release method, which they've been doing. And I think they're starting to toy with that. Shows like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, that was meant for a diehard audience. That needed a weekly release. But, you know, shows like Delicious and Dungeon, I think they could have gotten away with the batch release. It's a new series, Slice of Life. It's, uh, you know, episodic in nature. Those are all things that I think Netflix is figuring out And in terms of the future. I think One Piece is kind of the key that they're figuring this out with. They're looking to One Piece for broader expansion and original content. They're expanding it with their live action adaptations, which, you know, we'll talk about Avatar next week. But the, the live action One Piece adaptation rocked. It was so good. And we also are starting to get these simulcasted episodes of the One Piece anime. So I think Netflix is starting to figure out what series need that diehard fan treatment and which series don't, which I think it will be an important differentiation for them in the future. Yeah, it's a great point. 
Uh, yeah. Let's just uh, me just chime in and just say, great point, Megan. You know what? Oh, <laughs> give me my flowers. Give me my. that's a hey. That's a great point. That's a great place and a great statement to end on uh, with a period at the end of our first episode of Anime Initiative. You guys see we're coming in with authority. So check out the Anime Squad over at Comic Book Anime. They have been bubbling for years over there. So, you know, put respect on their name and uh, check out everything you need to going into the last Airbenders release on Netflix this week. And afterwards, as they're going to break down all the Easter eggs, all the changes, all the discussion points that are going to fly up on social media, they're going to be in the trenches this weekend. God bless, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next week, we will. I can say that. I've seen it twice through. (laughs) Yeah. Megan's burdened by knowledge. So I'm burdened by great (laughs) knowledge. But see, that's the thing. I always get scared because whenever I watch it ahead of time, I'm like, okay, I think I got a handle on this. And then Twitter just goes, whoop, like somewhere else. And I'm like, okay. Here we go. So, yeah. I mean, Megan's sitting week. there. She turns to her side, and there are all the other avatars right there next to her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but next week, we will be taking Anime Initiative deep into this last Airbender live action series. We will have a full spoilers discussion. So, you guys don't sleep this weekend. Get in there, you know, close the blinds on your bunker, burn through that binge, and come back next Tuesday with us. Because we're going to have a lot to discuss. So be here. Don't miss it. Great to have you guys in the Comic Book Nation family. Stick around because uh, Anime Initiative is going to be doing big things. I mean, it says initiative, you know. you got to be doing something. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Comic Book Nation. I'm Kofi Ella with Megan Peters, Evan Valentine, and Nick Valdez. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>